With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grids YouTube channel. I am Bryson Carver, as always. Hope y'all like that new thumbnail. That's probably here to stay for a while, and hopefully part of that thumbnail is here to stay, certainly for today's show, and that's a big old fat grin on my face because the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> oh, a week can change things now, can it? Just a week ago, storylines were quite a bit uh, different than they were on this day, April 27th, 2023. I'll leave the show off with that. Also talk about what everybody's talking about in the NBA is the one seed Milwaukee Bucks, the team with the best record in all of basketball, the two-time MVP, a guy in Brooke Lopez is up for defensive player of the year. Drew Holiday was an all-star. Uh, Chris Middleton, who has been an all-star in his career. They go down in round one, earlier than any one seed ever has in history, getting gentlemen swept by the 8C Miami Heat. Uh, I actually kind of called it a little bit, but I'll not, I didn't exactly pick Miami, but I called this thing potentially happening back in, you know, February, but I'll get into that on today's show. By the way, uh, Parnell St. Pru will be joining the show in about 25 minutes. He is the host of the Commander's Demand podcast right here on the grid. Uh, he's We're going to talk Commanders. Obviously, the draft is tonight. Uh, going to discuss their potential strategies. I'm sure he's got a lot to say about Dan Snyder finally selling the team. Uh, but we will also touch on uh, something he wanted to discuss on the show and that it's a perfectly justifiable thing to do, and that's Phil Jackson's recent comments about the NBA, particularly during the bubble I will discuss that with Parnell later in the show. And then at the end of the show, talk about some NFL draft stuff. Uh, because like I said, the draft is in an hour and a half. So here we go. But I got to start with champs. And you know, <laughs> just a week ago, I remember doing this show. I was old enough to remember that after game two, there was a lot of narratives going around. The first one, is De'Aaron Fox, has he taken the mantle from Steph Curry? More on Fox later in this segment because he is playing his tail off. The second one, is Draymond Green more trouble than he's worth? 
I mean, he got a flagrant two to get thrown out of, uh, of game two after stomping DeMontis Sabonis the fight, despite the fact that Sabonis, you know, grabbed his ankle. And then Draymond got suspended for game three, which I thought was outlandish by the NBA. Is Draymond Green more trouble than he's worth? And the final one, which was the best. I got a kick out of this one. I think you will too. Could the Golden State Warriors, could they get swept in the first round? I'm old enough to remember all these narratives, folks. And just a week later, shocker, shocker, it's the Golden State Warriors who lead three games to two. It's almost as if the longer a series goes, a team that has no playoff experience, a franchise that hasn't tasted the playoffs in 17 years, taking on a team that's won half of the last eight championships, it's almost like the longer a series goes, it favors the team with more experience, a team that's been there before, a team that's been in plenty of games, plenty of game fives in which the series is tied. Two games to two. Funny how that works, isn't it? I want to start with Draymond Green. Because I mentioned one of those narratives, is Draymond Green more trouble than he's worth? Funny, he comes back <laughs> in game four off of the suspension. Has a typical Draymond Green stat line, near triple-double. And has the block of the game on Demonis Sabonis. And on the last play of the game, aids his teammate Steph Curry in doubling De'Aaron Fox, giving Harrison Barnes an open shot, which he, fortunately for the Warriors, missed. Draymond Green was not going to let De'Aaron Fox take the last shot. Obviously, neither was Steph, but Draymond came in and got that double. And then last night. Again, this is teeter-totter game. Again, the winner of game fives when a series tied two games apiece, it's like 82% of the time the winner of game five goes on to win the series, which makes sense, right? You just got to win more, one more game after that, whereas the loser has to win two straight. So massive game on the road in Sacramento, right? Golden State's terrible on the road. 11, if you count the playoffs, 11 and 32 on the road coming into this road game at the Golden One Center. And off the bench, here was Draymond Green's stat line. 21 points on 80% shooting with a cool seven assists and four rebounds. And a plus 13, which was second only to Clay Thompson on the Warriors. It's almost as if Draymond Green might be just a tad more valuable than he gets credit for. It's almost as if he's still the best defender on the planet in terms of guarding one through five. Nobody can do it like Mr. Green can. It's almost as if in the biggest of games, that's when Draymond plays his best. You think about last year in the finals. Draymond Green was horrible through the first four games. Got benched in game four. But two games later, comes back to Boston where he's getting profanity-laced chants. Remember that? The ABC you know, sound crew was having to try and edit it out to the best they could, but it's 20,000 people. It's hard to, hard to take that out. Game six in Boston. Draymond has by far his best game of the series. Near triple-double, scored in double figures, got his teammates involved, got some big rebounds, played great defense. That's what he does. I've always said, obviously, everybody knows Steph is the most important member to the Warriors dynasty. That goes without saying. And I love Klay Thompson. I've joked, I wouldn't say joked, kind of half-jokingly said, I don't know who doesn't want to grow up and be Klay Thompson for a living. Guys, listen, who doesn't want to be Klay? But it's Draymond Green, not Klay Thompson, who's the second most valuable member to the Warriors during this dynasty.
If we're talking about the core guys, obviously Kevin Durant, he's just one of the greatest players ever, but he was only there for three years. I'm talking about this core group. Steph, Clay, Draymond, Andre Guadala up until the, the last couple of years. Kavon Looney, who was massive last, last night. How about Kavon Looney, by the way? 22 rebounds. To go along with what he has, seven assists? Yeah, seven assists as well. Four points, seven assists, 22 rebounds. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty good game for Kavon Looney. That's what he does every night, it seems. And then to Steph Curry, who, and I tweeted during the game, man, Steph, Steph does not have it tonight from three. Finished two for 10 from three-point range. If you'd have told me that coming this game, I'm like, oh, crap, that's not good. But then I would have reminded myself, well, he's great at getting to the hole. He's got a good float game. He's stronger than people give him credit for in terms of being able to get to the basket almost at will. And obviously, the man is the greatest free throw shooter of all time, coupling with him being the greatest shooter of all time. What does Steph Curry do? When his three-point shot went falling, he's like, okay, I'm going to find other ways to impact the game. I'm going to get my, my my teammates involved. Steph Curry, uh, 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 last night, he only had, uh, yeah, eight assists. He had eight assists last night, right? Now here, he's not a, a pure point guard. Steph Curry, eight assists. Hit some huge shots down the stretch. Hit a tough shot. I think it was over either Davion Mitchell or Harrison Barnes, where he's like off balance in the air on the left side and banks it in. And then last play of the game, up five are the Golden State Warriors. Steph puts on a curly kneel, dribbling masterpiece, and gets the basket, gets fouled, lays it in, and that's all she wrote from Sacramento, California. It's almost as if the Golden State Warriors have done this thing or thing or two. Have, 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 have played games like this before. So, and this series, for the record, is not over. Okay, Sacramento is more than capable of going into Golden State tomorrow night at the Chase Center and stealing a game and forcing a game seven. They are more than capable of doing that. Absolutely. But from here on out, the rest of these playoffs, be it this series or moving forward, can we put a little bit of respect on the champion's name? Not just the champs, but the greatest dynasty since Jordan's Bulls, who still has its core intact. That, to me, was the beauty of the win last night. Yes, you had Kevon Looney who played big. Yes, you had Gary Payton the second who came in was, well, Gary Payton the second, right? He's hustling for loose balls. What do you have? Eight points, I think, off the bench. Gary Payton scored eight points, four for five shooting. That'll work. Played excellent defense. How about Andrew Wiggins, by the way? I saw this stat today. How about this? Andrew Wiggins is the only player in the playoffs to be averaging double-figure scoring on 50% shooting, averaging two blocks. Two-way wigs is what they call him in Golden State, and he's been exactly that. He was outstanding on De'Aaron Fox of the defensive end, particularly in the second half. Kevon Looney with 22 rebounds. But what I loved about last night's win is it was the core three, the three amigos as I call them from time to time. Steph Curry gave you 31. Clay Thompson gave you 25. He was incredible in the second quarter. And Draymond Green off the bench has his best offensive scoring output in three and a half years. Sometimes that's what it takes to win games against very good Sacramento Kings teams on the road, in a hostile environment, in a series-altering game five. But they've done this before. For a decade. And I got bad news for the rest of the NBA. Obviously, knock on wood, everybody remains healthy on the Warriors and otherwise, and the other teams that are still remaining in these playoffs. They're about to do it again. You, like you, you do realize that. This team is about to go back-to-back. Back. You, you understand that, right? Just want to make sure. 
The Golden State Warriors up three games to two. And what I love too, game six is tomorrow night, right? So it's game six of a best of seven series. The game will be played at the Chase Center in San Francisco, California. And one of the participants in that game is a guy who goes by the name of Clay Thompson. Get what I'm going here? Clay Thompson is playing in a game six. Sort of feels big, if you know what I'm saying. Golden State up three games to two. Massive road win. And how about this? 28 consecutive series for the Warriors in which they've won at least one road game. This is why I understood the road, the road woes were a concern for some. But my thing was, folks, postseason basketball is might as well be a different sport than regular season basketball. It's a whole different sport. Certainly, and I'll get to this in my second segment, look at Jimmy Butler and the Heat. Okay, Jimmy Butler turns into a different basketball player when the playoffs start, in a good way. Guys like James Harden turns into a different basketball player in the playoffs in a bad way. It's officiated differently. It's coached differently. The strategies are different. I mean, again, you're playing the same team over and over, minimum four times in a row, max seven times in a row. The smart coaches, and Steve Kerr, who to me is one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game, is going to pick up on those tendencies. As good as Mike Brown is and was the absolute deserving coach of the year. Steve Kerr knows Mike Brown. He knows his tendencies. He coached on his coaching staff for the last six seasons before this year. If we ever go to doubting the champs from here on out, you may want to think twice about that. Dubs up 3-2. And spoiler alert to the movie coming out tomorrow, they're going to win game six. I think close. I think Sacramento's going to put up a fight. I think it's going to be a, a relatively close game. I don't think Golden State's going to dog walk them. But the Warriors are going to beat the Kings tomorrow, and they're going to advance to the second round. What a surprise. Maybe to many, but for me, I think it's the least shocking thing that's happened in the playoffs. And I will have to say, too, on another note, the listen, I don't believe in said basketball gods. I believe in one God, and his name is Jesus Christ. I'm starting to wonder if the basketball gods haven't thought about rewarding me for my objectivity, for me being level-headed, bringing reason, being right, you know, a lot. Because they have been so kind to me in the last 48 hours. I said back in October before the season started that the Clippers would go out in round one. They went out in round one on Tuesday. And then last night, the Grizzlies beat the Lakers, which you say, Bryson, why is that a good thing? You hate the Grizzlies. I do hate the Grizzlies. But you know what that does? It extends the series. It means the Lakers, who I still have winning, and I think are going to win tomorrow, it means they have to play another game. It means LeBron and Anthony Davis and all the role players have to play another game. More wear and tear, more tread on those tires. Right? So that's another game they have to play. And so Golden State and the Lakers, when they faced, a, a, I'm assuming on Sunday, in game one of the first round, they'll have equal rest. One day, and Golden State will have home court advantage. So the basketball gods were kind of me there. They were kind of me as well in the Heat Bucks series. I'll get to that in just a second. And then, best of all, <laughs> the one series, although you could include Lakers Grizzlies in this, but the one series that I was, I made a prediction and I hoped I was incorrect on Knicks Cavs. <laughs> I picked the Cavs winning six games and they got gentlemen swept by the New York Knicks, and Game 5 was never particularly close. Cleveland made a little run in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, 
but the Knicks outplayed them throughout. Despite losing Julius Randle to injury in the first half, we wish the best for for Julius Randle. But uh, Cleveland going down in round one, it's like, I'm telling you, the basketball gods were smiling on me the last couple days. How are we feeling now, Cleveland? <laughs> Let's see. We got a comment here from my man, Grady Edwards. He said, I love and respect what the Knicks did, but people need to chill out on them. They're a nice story, but they're not a contender. A black cat would have to come to the opposing team over the next two rounds. So I'm going to assume, Grady, that means, which, you know, you, I mean, listen, we all know what assuming does, but I'm going to assume that you are taking the heat to, to beat the, the Knicks. Is that a fair assumption? I mean, listen, you, knew me, you know me, I'm a heat guy. About to, you know, talk about them just a second. But that's a tough series to predict. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the Knicks are going to win the finals. The Knicks are not winning the finals. Stop it. But man, that's a good basketball team. Jalen Brunson? Yeah, that dude's a ride. Dallas, uh, Dallas could have sure used him this year. I don't think there's any question about that. Okay, yeah, Grady says yes, he's taking Miami. Okay, okay. That's why I assume because you were talking about the next two rounds. Uh, so I feel what you're saying. So speaking of Miami, they won a pretty, pretty big series. Before I even divulge into my take on the Bucks, the one seed going out in round one or the Heat, when people say, oh, who could have seen this coming by the Miami Heat? Who could have seen them just coming out of nowhere and making a big playoff run? They were the seventh seed in the regular season. They lost to Atlanta in the play-in. They weren't really that good this year. Nobody could have saw this coming. And that, my friends, is a big, fat lie. Take a listen. Get ready for this one. The Miami Heat are contenders, ladies and gentlemen. Here's why. Jimmy Butler. You like Jimmy Butler in the playoffs? I do, too. You just added Kev Love, veteran leadership. Guy who's been there, done that. Has a championship ring with the Cavs. Brings shooting, stretches the floor. Again, that's something else Miami has, uh, is, is shooting. We'll see what the status is of Kyle Lowry, but I'm telling you, I'm a believer in playoff Jimmy Buckets. Look out for those Miami Heat. That is the absolute last team. I'd rather face the Cavs than I'd face the Heat. They took Boston 7 last time. They've given, they beat Milwaukee. A few years ago in the postseason, with an MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Miami can absolutely get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. 100%. I believe they'll win their first playoff series, whoever it's against, and they have a chance, a chance, to beat Milwaukee. I mean... I'm just going to leave that there. Now, I picked the Bucks in five games. My defense that Milwaukee was the best team in the NBA coming into the playoffs. And before I hear the excuse, well, Giannis was out for the rest of game one and game two and game three. First of all, they won game two, so we can take that off the table. Milwaukee at 25 threes, so they won. Can we at least acknowledge the fact that Miami lost their best shooter, Tyler Hero, and their best guy coming off the bench, arguably, in Victor Oladipo, who knock on wood for him, seemed like he's he suffered a pretty serious injury and hope that he's able to recover. Could we also look at the fact that shifting to sort of Milwaukee and Mike Budenholzer and a guy who I've never been high on, even the year, you can go back, check the tape on Carving Up Live, two years ago, even when the Bucks won the championship, 
throughout all the, their, their rounds outside the when they beat, they actually beat Miami in the first round. They swept them. But from the second round on, I kept saying the biggest issue with Mike Budenholzer is one thing, and two years later, it has not changed one iota. The man is incapable of making in-game adjustments. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. Remember in, in, in the second round against Brooklyn? Remember, Kyrie Irving gets hurt in game four. Okay, that's one score off the floor. James Harden, seconds into the series, pulls his hamstring. He comes back in game five, but he's a shell of himself. I mean, he's limp around. He's literally, James Harden's literally playing on one leg. There's one guy that can beat you. One. Kevin Durant. And what happens? Kevin Durant goes for 40-plus in game five, beats you, and goes for, I think, what was it, 49 in game seven, and was Inches, mere inches from hitting the walk-off three against Milwaukee. He just had a tiny little toenail on that three-point line. If he's just a couple inches back, that's a three, and the Nets win that game seven by a point. Remember the next series? Trey Young went for like 40-plus in game one of that series. Remember that? This year. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. Game four is a huge game for Milwaukee. You don't want to go down 3-1. Nobody wants to do that. You go into the fourth quarter up 11 points. And then Jimmy Butler, literally, it's fitting the place for the Miami Heat because he literally caught fire. Like I, I had to check. I, didn't, I wasn't sure if Jimmy Butler was like, literally had flames coming out of his eyeballs. He was unbelievable. Scored 46 in, in, in game four on Monday night. They go on this long run, Miami does. Not one time does Mike Budenholzer say, you know what? Crowd's going crazy. Jimmy Butler literally can't miss. My team's playing discombobulated all over the place. I've got three timeouts. Maybe I should use one of them. Maybe just to calm the team down, see if I can calm the arena down. Let's drop a play. Let's get a bucket. Let's get back into this game psychologically. Now I'm just going to let this play out. Let him figure it out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And he did the same thing last night. Even worse, you thought blowing an 11-point lead is bad. You're down three games to one last night. You lead by 16. And Miami comes back to tie the game. And at no point in those huge heat runs did Mike Budenholzer stop to think, you know what? Let's burn a timeout here. Let's calm everything down. Heck, the home crowd's on our side. We're in Milwaukee. They're going to be on our side here, okay? We're, we, we hit a shot, crowd gets back in the game. Get a stop, they start to get louder. Never stop to think about that. However, as much blame goes on Budenholzer, I would almost argue put equal amounts of blame on the star player. Or better said, the superstar player. Giannis Antetokounmpo. If you have not seen what he said after the game yesterday, and it has been praised Comments that have been praised by most, and rightfully so in many ways. Here's what Giannis said when asked if this season was a failure. Take a listen. Do you view this season as a failure? 
Uh, okay, because I'm not at that. You asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay, uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able I don't know, um, provide a house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. You know, and if you've never, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to make it personal. So, there's always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championship. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn. Some days it's not your turn. And that's what sport is about. You don't always win. Some other other people's gonna win. And this year, somebody else is gonna win. Okay, so here's my take on that. The vast majority of that I agree with. You gotta learn from your mistakes, and you can't be successful without for lack of a better term, kind of fall on your face a little bit. That's how anybody who's ever been successful has gotten to that point. Heck, that's how Giannis has been has gotten to be so successful. Part of the reason he's so admired, and rightfully so, that man came from nothing and is now one of the best basketball players on God's green earth. He's phenomenal. Two-time MVP, had one of the greatest finals of all time in 2021 against the Phoenix Suns. Had 50 to close out the Suns in that game six to win the first title in Milwaukee for the Bucs in five decades. But there's one statement he made that I vehemently disagree with. He said, there's no failure in sports. With all due respect to Giannis, he could not be more wrong. He couldn't. To act like failure does not exist in sports. And he, he used the example. He said, okay, Michael Jordan won uh, won six championships. The other nine years he played, he didn't win the championship. Were those a failure? It depends on the expectation. For example, if the Sacramento Kings do what I think they will do and lose to the Golden State Warriors tomorrow night, is the season a failure for the Sacramento Kings? Heck no. No, nobody saw the Kings getting to this point. Three C coach of the year, clutch player of the year, two all-stars, best offense statistically in NBA history, pushing the defending champions as hard as they can. Nobody could have seen that coming. The arguably the loudest road arena in basketball. It's not a failed season for Sacramento. You know how much they can build off of this? Around Aaron Fox with Mike Brown as the coach. For Milwaukee, though, vastly different story. You've got a guy in Giannis who many claim is the best basketball player on the planet. You've got a guy in Chris Middleton who's a former All-Star. You've got Drew Holiday who's an All-Star this year and to me is the best two-way guard in basketball. He can give you 25-30 and he can lock up your best point guard. You've got plenty of depth. Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, who, by the way, why the ball was in Grayson Allen's hands in the last play of the game, 
unknown to me. You had home court advantage. You had the best record in the league. You won a lot of games this year without Giannis, in part because you were so deep. And you get gentlemen swept in round one by the eight seed. Yes, that's a failure. There's success or there's failure. Because by definition, if Giannis says there's no failure in sports, then there's no success in sports either. Milwaukee will be back. They will be a title contender next year because they always, listen, as long as Giannis is there and as long as Giannis is in his prime, they'll be title contenders. He's that great. But to act like this season, if you had told Bucks fans come this year, hey, you're going to have the best record in the league. Giannis is going to be amazing. He's going to be an MVP candidate. You're going to have the deepest bench maybe in the league. You're going to have home court advantage throughout the playoffs. And you're going to get gentlemen swept in round one, blowing double-digit leads in games four and five. Do you think Bucks fans would be saying it's uh, you know it's 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 you know it's a bad day or are you effing kidding me? Like this notion that the that Milwaukee didn't fall flat on its face. Now can they rebound from this? One hundred percent. I think they might have to consider going moving on from Mike Budenholzer, but in terms of the guys they've got there, the core three. Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, they won a championship two years ago. Who says they can't do it again? They were great last year. Got the one seed this year. Evidently, there's something good there. But this was by no, no measurable whatsoever a successful season for the Bucs. Does that mean Giannis is a failure? Absolutely not. Does that mean the players in that team are a failure? No, they're in the NBA. They had a phenomenal regular season. But the season... The season was a failure. They were picked by many, including myself, to get to the NBA Finals and some to win the dang thing. And they won one playoff game as the one seed. The earliest that any team has ever been beaten in the playoffs as a one seed. You could say, well, what about, you know, like the, the Mavs in 07 when they lost to my We Believe Warriors or the Spurs, I think it was 2011 when they lost to the eight seed Grizzlies but they at least took the Series 6. Milwaukee couldn't even do that. This was a failed season for the Milwaukee Bucks. No questions asked. And Giannis absolutely deserves blame. You cannot be in a position in which you are in a do-or-die Game 5 and you miss 13 free throws. That's unacceptable. I'm old enough to remember two years ago when Giannis, to win the championship, went 17 for 19 from the free throw line in his 50-point game. You cannot miss 13 free throws. That played a large part in them blowing that lead. And notice, because he was missing those free throws, did you see Giannis, see his body language? He wanted no parts of the basketball. If LeBron in his prime did that, if Steph Curry did that, if Kevin Durant did that, We talk about it for a year. That's how I know, with respect to the great Giannis Antetokounmpo, that he is not the best player in the world. If it were those other three guys, champions like Giannis, MVPs like Giannis, best player on contending teams like Giannis, we would eviscerate them. 
Giannis, say, hey, skates by. That's how I know he's not the best player in the world. Because when you're criticized for playing bad, I mean, like, really, now, if it goes over the line for personal, that's a whole different story. But if you are criticized strictly for your play, because people expect a greater level of consistency from you, that's actually a, that's a compliment. It's kind of like Trey Young. Remember see how, uh, what Trey Young said after he hit the game winner in Boston? They were booing him in Boston. They said, does that bother you? He said, no, that means I'm good. They don't boo bad players. It's the same thing. Giannis ran from the free throw line. It's as simple as that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Patrick Brown says, Tyler Milwaukee to package Chris Middleton, a pick and a trade for Dame. Oh, gosh, that'd be tough. Pair Dame and Giannis along with Drew Holiday. The Bucks will be back in business. Only drawback is, is Coach Bud. Yeah, that is... Whew. You get Dame and Giannis? Yeah, that might be the favorites to come to, 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 to win the whole whole thing. Uh, uh, hold on. All right, I just want to make sure I had that down. Uh, so, but yeah, that, that would be... If Portland takes that, now you obviously have to trade some draft picks, and I don't know how many draft picks Milwaukee has right now. But, and here's the thing, too. Here's the only thing, too, about those first-round picks, though, Patrick. Because Milwaukee's good every year, they're going to be late first-rounders. Now, now they went down in, in round one this year. Uh, so, there you go. Hold on. All right. Just make, yeah. So, like I said, just getting some drafts up down. Uh, let's see. Grady says, honestly, the roster is okay. May need to fire the coach, though. If they lost in seven, I would have understood. But it's the way they lost. Been on the fence about it, but yeah, fire Bud. Uh, he says, yeah, roster not okay, just okay. The roster's solid. Yeah, I mean, nobody talked about the – like I hear a lot of people talking about Middleton and everything. I'm like, people weren't talking about the roster all that much, uh, you know – Going to the playoffs. People people were not talking about that as being an issue. Now, Bud deserves blame. And I again, I think the Bucks should move on from Bud because I've been saying that for years. I've never been a Budenholzer fan. Ever. And I think Lakers fans are seeing right now, you know, you see, you see all these Lakers fans talking about, hey, you know, they, they're, they're, they're mad at Darvin Ham. Well, you know who Darvin Ham used to coach under? There you go. So... How about Jimmy Butler though? Last stat, and then I'll get to our uh, get to our next guest. I saw this. Jimmy Butler. Make sure I'm getting okay. Jimmy Butler is the second player in NBA history. If you're wondering who the other was, wild guess. Yeah, it's Michael Jordan, 1993. Jimmy Butler is the only player outside of Jordan in the 1993 Finals to score 98 or more points in a two-game playoff stretch. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. People calling him Hemi Butler? Talking about he's him? Can't say I disagree. He's playoff Jimmy. You heard in that clip I played. It's a real thing. It's about time people start catching on. All right, joining the show now, 
Definitely looking forward to this. He is the newest member of the Grid Network. He's got a podcast uh, on here on the grid. It's called the Commander's Demand Podcast. He is highly, highly knowledgeable about Washington and about other sports. And he's got he's, he's got something he wants to talk about in regards to social issues regarding the NBA that I'm really looking forward to get into. So would you please give a warm welcome to... Parnell St. Prue is joining the show, uh, joining Carving Up Live. Parnell, how you doing, my man? Good, man. How are you? Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, bro. It's great to have you on. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Well, again, we'll get into the Commander's Demand show in, in just a second. And like I said, you're you're kind of the newest member at the grid. We're actually going to introduce uh, some more people to the grid on tonight's draft show. So very much looking forward to that. But uh, we were talking the other day, and this is why you wanted to come on the show today, about uh, Mr. Phil Jackson. Obviously, we all know, I think it's undeniable, the greatest coach in the history of the NBA uh, won 11, I think, yeah, 11 titles as a head coach, Bulls and Lakers, two titles as a player. But he had some comments on a recent podcast about the NBA in the bubble. I want to make sure I'm uh, reading them verbatim. Uh, he, he was asked about uh, if he continued, if he, if he still watches basketball, and he says no. He said, quote, uh, the players in the bubble, he said they had things on their back like justice, and a funny thing like justice went to the basket and equal opportunity knocked it down. They even had slogans on the floor, on the baseline. It was catering. It was trying to cater to an audience or trying to be, bring a certain audience into play, and they didn't know it was turning other people off. People want to see sports as non-political. I have a strong take on this, but I want to hear your thoughts on it first, Parnell. Um, to be honest with you, when I actually heard these comments from Phil Jackson, I wasn't shocked. I, was, I wasn't surprised at all because if you go back and if you actually do history on Phil Jackson, he's known for saying things. Remember, we had this discussion, the dress code. Remember his controversial comments about the dress code, how he's felt about rap music. If you look at some things he's wrote in his book, Maverick, explaining the discrepancy between how white players play basketball compared to black players. So, and of course, LeBron, him calling LeBron and his team posse. I remember that. Yeah. So with Phil Jackson, I wasn't shocked or astounded at all. He is what he is. Um, it's just that people have to understand that. Does that make him a racist? I, I, I don't know. I mean, people are going to look at his past and say you could make an argument. But with Phil, I, I don't know. I mean, he just told you who he is. So you're just going to have to take him at his word. And I think, and I, I I love what you said there. You know, you're talking about uh, sort of Phil's history, and, and I remember talking about this a few weeks ago when the whole Angel Reese Caitlin Clark thing happened, and our our first lady Jill Biden made the comment she made, and I said, look, like the comments in and, in and of itself weren't blatantly racist, and I said, I have a hard time calling someone a racist if I don't have a history there. Phil, it's a little bit different. There's some there's some questionable things you mentioned about rap music that he was talking about. It was kind of like poisoning players' minds or something along the, those lines. I'm talking about, obviously, the dress code, which felt like a direct shot at Allen Iverson. Absolutely. Uh, and, and you have all these things that come into play. Something that I think is really fascinating, quite hypocritical, if I'm being honest with you, is he talks – I, I want to read the last line he said. He said uh, – he said, and they didn't know it was turning other people off. People want to see sports as non-political. First of all, sports has never been non-political. Again, uh, right. where, where, you can answer this question for me, Parnell, in the audience as well. Uh, where do the champions go every year to celebrate their championship victory? The White House. Thank you. 
And so when you consider that, when you consider way back in the day, Bill Russell, Jackie Robinson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jill, Jim Brown, a Muhammad Ali. Ali. Uh, oh, yes, Muhammad Ali, of course. Uh, and Phil Jackson, in his own way, was extremely political as a player. If you look at his history, when he played, he was an anti-war, adamant anti-war protester during the Vietnam War when he was a player. Right. And so it, it's kind of, uh, I, I've heard the, the saying used by some, rules for thee, not me. I think it's really fascinating that it's okay for him to protest something that he feels strongly about, but not the players. I think what it comes down to with Phil Jackson, and, and we had this discussion, would he have said that if someone's politics aligned with his? And I brought up Laura Ingram. Because remember, Laura yeah. Ingram had a lot of backlash when she said LeBron James shut up and dribble because yes. he gave his criticism of then-President Donald Trump. But, and you brought it up, Drew Brees. Remember the controversy with the flag and the national anthem? I talked and about it on my show, yeah. Yeah, and then she said, oh, he's he's entitled to his opinion. It's his First Amendment. And I'm like, really? We all, it, what it comes down to is, as long as your politics align with my politics, hey, say whatever you want. But if it's the other way around, then, hey, shut up. Keep your mouth. Don't talk about politics. Shut up and dribble. Shut up and play. And that's the thing. I just think it's clearly it's a double standard. Sport Politics has always been involved in sports. That's the thing. And I got news for all these people who think, Shut up and dribble. Those days are over. It's important yeah, for the players to use their platform to speak up and address these types of issues. And Ben Franklin said it. There can be no justice until people who are unaffected or as equally outraged as those who are. And another quote, Martin Luther King, the ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by the bad people, but by the silence over that. If we remain to be silent and if we see these issues going on, and what does that say about us? We're part of the problem. Yeah, it's kind of if you, it's it's like, a, this is probably a terrible analogy, but it's like if you see somebody getting like physically assaulted or something and you're right. watching it happen, you're not doing anything. You're just, as far as I'm concerned, you're just as guilty as the person who's committing the actual act because you see something happening and you're, by by doing nothing, your actions are speaking louder than your words or your thoughts even. Um, and, and I think you, you brought up an interesting point about, how uh, obviously you brought up Laura Ingram. You brought up how uh, you know it, it's it's fine if if the politics line with yours. And I listen. I've always been consistent on my show about this. Is I'm a I'm an adamant First Amendment person, whether you agree or disagree. To, to me, my thing is I have a a genuine problem with you as an individual if the speed is if this, your type of speech is hateful. If it's directly taking a shot at a person or a, a group of people, a demographic. Um, and I it, it's just. It bothers me when people use this narrative that because I've talked about it, I can't tell you how many times, Parnell, about how this notion that all oh, the the Kaepernick in 2016, the mm -hmm. protests following George Floyd's murder in 2020, that hurt the ratings. I've said no, that's elections. If you look back years and years, there's actually you know, a lot of evidence for that. And I think it's funny, Phil. Yeah, yeah, people go ahead, use go the um, the flag and the national anthem as the reason, but it was because of Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. So. That's what I'm saying. That they <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. And it's like if you look too, I think um, I think Fox Sports ratings were the highest, but they were you know obviously you got you know Fox News, you got the debates and everything. But what I think is fascinating too is uh, 
Phil Jackson talking about nobody watches. Funny thing, Parnell, is this is actually the f- most watched first round uh, in 11 years in the NBA. I actually saw the other day the Warriors-Kings game four, which was a wild game, came down literally to the last shot, was the highest-rated first-round game in 21 years. Right. And so this notion that – and I talked about it when um, – and, and I'm just going to go and say it again. Uh the ratings are going to come down in sports in 2024. Just, it's going to happen, and people are going to blame it on one thing or another, whether it's athletes being outspoken. Um, I just think, at the end of the day, athletes have the same right as you and I do. Absolutely. Athletes, uh, w- whether we agree or disagree. Again, my thing is, as long as it's not hate speech, as long as you're not like screaming you know, racial slurs or whatever the case may be, you, you've got the same rights that, that, that I do. We're all Americans. We all get the same right to, uh, to speak right. about issues we care about. But I, I, I think with Phil, we're not surprised. No, he's no, we're shown not. us he's 77 years old. If that's how you feel about basketball and that's how you feel like sports is being too political, and if you feel like you don't want to watch it, that's fine. That's your choice. That's your prerogative. And I agree with Jalen Rose. I, I, I saw his statement. I think it was Twitter yeah. or Instagram. Hey, the NBA, the, the basketball will be fine without you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And look, two things could be true with Phil Jackson. He's a great basketball coach. You can argue he's the greatest basketball. I think Greg Popovich is a great basketball coach. I love Pops because of what he can do as far as accomplishments. But I also love Pop because of what he says when it comes to social issues and more. So that's why, I mean, I give him that kind of edge. And plus, the thing I give Pop the edge over Phil, his relationships with players. Phil, I mean, you look at his history. Shaq, Kobe, remember he wrote the book, The Last Season, The Team in Search of His Soul, in which he talked about Kobe. Phil's just giving you who he is in terms of his character and how he thinks his philosophy. That's not a surprise to me at all. I, I, I just think that Phil's entitled to his opinion. But just because you're entitled to your opinion, that doesn't mean there's no criticism. Oh, sure. And that's the thing, too. Like, And also, you know, sort of what I was talking about, and you alluded to it as well, that you've got the right to say whatever you want. And again, that's I, I totally back that if it's not hate speech. But again, we also have the right to push back, to disagree, to – and again, my thing is as long as it doesn't get to personal attacks, as long as it get, doesn't get to the point where it's, for lack of a better term, nasty, if you will – then that's that's America. That's mm-hmm. I mean, that's that that's kind of what uh, you know we we kind of hold uh, as 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 the thing that we we love about this country is is freedom of speech because tragically a lot of a lot of people do not have that right. Got a couple of comments from our guy Barry. Uh, I'll even podcast with said Barry. He's Phil is not a racist. Old and opinionated. He has too much influence uh, with black players to be a racist. He's a hippie at heart. For people calling him a racist is ridiculous. He's entitled to his opinion. Uh, just like his vision on the Knicks and Carmelo. He's outdated, and the game has passed him by. It's no longer for him, and that's fine. That kind of goes along the lines of what Jalen Rose said, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's 
Game's not really going to miss Phil that much, despite what his contributions may be. And you, you have Pop as the greatest. I think Phil's uh, the greatest coach. But wherever his contributions to the game may be and will always be, I don't think anybody's going to, you know. Nobody's going to. No, no, nobody's. I mean, we're going to adopt. Two things can be true. Phil Jackson is great. You can't discount or take away what he's accomplished. But at the same time, as a person, as a human being, eh. You you can say that about a lot of people, but yeah, Phil absolutely applies, you know, to to that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, but it's 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 a great conversation to have. I do want to shift though to the Washington Commanders because you do a yes. Commanders podcast, the Commanders Demand podcast, and uh, I think it's safe to say they've been uh, they've been in the news quite a bit lately. Uh, I want to start just. Thank Off God we got rid of the owner. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was going. Is uh, you guys finally decided to move on from arguably the worst owner in sports, and that is uh, Mr. Dan Snyder. First question: What's sort of your takeaway on that? And I, I can imagine it's it's nothing but pure rejoicement from you as a as a Washington Commanders fan. I was rejuvenated. Um, this is this is one of the greatest feelings I ever had in my life. Like. <laughs> I literally was. I literally went to like a liquor store and bought myself like a big <laughs> bottle of Di Serrano. But I, I was ecstatic because after 24 years, he's gone, and it was bad enough he was a horrible owner to begin with. As far as on the field, I just couldn't take it anymore with all the, of course, the off the field issues, the sexual misconduct stories, oh. and then the name of the team. I mean, it was about time that the name had to be changed. Sure. Um, and, and look, I, I defended the team even through thick and thin with Snyder's stewardship, but I just finally reached the point where I just had enough. I just couldn't take it anymore. It, it, it was just tiring. It's just hard. It's just hard to be a fan of that team. The only reason why I became a fan in the first place was because of the late, great Sean Taylor and other great players who came along the way of Washington. And then I grew up and I became a fan since Snyder's stewardship has it's, it's been a disaster. We haven't, we haven't been to an NFC championship. We've only managed to win like two playoff games in 24 years of his stewardship. And I I did the podcast, the episode on what could have been, this is when at the time when we drafted RG three with the number two overall pick. And I thought RG three had it not been for injuries. He would have been the next Lamar Jackson because he had that type of athletic ability. He had an arm. I think he was a better passer than Lamar coming out of college. He was. But I just felt like RG3, the amount of injuries that he had, and especially that injury he suffered against Seattle, that was it. In the playoff game, yeah. Yeah. And from that point, he was never the same. And upper management had a lot to do with the fact that he was even on the field that game. And so you could put that blame on Snyder as well. Uh, and, and again, you mentioned the, I mean, it was like a lot, it was a story every day in terms of you heard more about the legal aspect of the NFL when it came to commanders than it did the actual on the field product. Not to mention you have the the issues with the stadium, which has been a problem for a while at FedEx oh, Field. Yeah. Uh, that, that's been a, a real concern. And, and and hopefully, you know, for y'all's sake, Washington is able to, to, to operate with, in, in that spot. But with, with, with the new owner in Josh Harris, I believe that's his name. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. What's your kind of your thoughts on him? I know Magic Johnson's involved in that group. What's your takeaway on him? I have three words for 2023-2024. Okay. Trust the process. Hmm. And the reason why I say trust the process, I've heard all these reports about Washington trading to get Caleb Williams. No. No team 
who has the number one overall pick, is not going to trade up for Caleb Williams. Now, if we have a chance to get Drake May out of North Carolina, who's really good, if you actually like watch him. him, I like him a lot too, so I wouldn't be mad at that. But if you're Washington, Sam Howell, I like him coming out of college, I, I, but I don't think he's the long-term solution. No one thinks he is. Neither is Jacoby Brissett. We, had, we could have tried to get Lamar Jackson in a trade, but the deal, of course, that happened. And Washington made it clear they're not pursuing Lamar Jackson. We're probably going to have another season six and 11, seven and 10, which probably means we're not, we're going to be a mid first round pick. And I'm like, no, tank the rest of the season. Try to put yourself in the best position possible to get quarterback, to get top picks, things that Washington needs to address. Because unless you get us a top quarterback in a trade, well, where else are we going to find that in the draft? So we have to trust the process. There has to be huge changes. I believe with the new ownership, you're going to see Ron Rivera go at some point in time. And this is not the first time with Ron Rivera. Remember, this happened to him in Carolina. Jerry Richardson, though. Yeah. The former owner of the Carolina Panthers. Sports Illustrated did an article highlighting his history of racism and sexual misconduct. A couple of days later, he put the team up for sale. David Tepper comes in, and then about a year and a half later, he gets let go. He goes to Washington. That's Unfortunately, that's what's going to happen with Ron Rivera. And then, of course, you look at Eric Bieniemy, the new offensive coordinator for the Commanders, who should be a head coach in the NFL. Yes, thank you. But... Unfortunately for him, that wasn't the case. And he comes from the great coaching tree of Andy Reid. You look at Andy Reid, great guy, brilliant offensive mind, and you look at the amount of coaches that came in that coaching tree, from John Harbaugh to Doug Peterson, Ron Rivera. Um, the list goes on and on. Wouldn't surprise me if Matt Nagy becomes a head coach after this season, but I digress. Eric Bieniemy, I hope he becomes the head coach after Rivera, because this will finally give him an opportunity to see what it's like. I don't like the, for him, I don't like the fact for him, I I think he should be a head coach in the NFL. I've said it before. I'm glad that he's going to be there in Washington. Hopefully he's going to give the fan base some hope, some excitement. Then defensively, Chase Young, you know, the commanders decided not to pick up his fifth-year option. Yeah, That's a concern to me because I feel like if he can resemble to being the player he once was or become even better, then I feel like with the commanders, we're in a situation like the Giants because they didn't pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. And guess what? They gave Daniel Jones a ton of money. So if you're Washington, I would have picked up his fifth-year option because I just feel like he's just too talented. I would have said, and no, I, I I agree with your sort of outlook on the commander's season. And I'd never thought about the prospects of potentially the enemy becoming Washington's head coach, especially the fact you could have a young quarterback coming in. And the thing is, too, you mentioned Drake May. Depending on who the, the first two um, teams drafting are, I think it's probably going to go Caleb Williams one, Drake May two. It's going to be one and two off the board, like we've seen with numerous other quarterback drafts uh, in the past. And so I doubt the gap between one and two is huge. Uh, I mean, the, 
who's the okay so Chicago was the, had the number one pick in Houston you know it took Houston winning their last game to in their eyes inexplicably over uh, you know Indianapolis uh, to 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 get that number two pick which they have uh, right now in this moment and speaking of the draft final question mm-hmm. obviously you mentioned the numerous holes that the Commanders have. What in your eyes? What should be their strategy coming in this draft? I think they have what? What, what pick do they have again? Uh, Parnell, yeah, the sixteenth overall pick. 16th it seems pick. like they're probably going to go with offensive lineman or defensive back. Some say Christian Gonzalez. Some say Devin Witherspoon. Offensive lineman. You could make an argument for Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. I like him. I would also. Lo- I love him too, but I would also love to see the Commanders get a tight end. And I would love to see them get Darnell Washington out of Georgia. And I think tight end is a spot that we need because Logan Thomas is getting up there in age. He's in his 30s. He's coming off a torn ACL in 2021. So unless we could find uh, – we have to find a suitable replacement for Logan Thomas. But offensive line, defensive back, this is the type of draft for the commanders. They've made some big um, moves with – um, free agency with Andrew Willie, Nick Gates. Of course, we um, we gave Darren Payne his contract. We could use another offensive lineman and our defensive backs, you know, to help out our front seven, to help out Chase Young, to help out Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Darren Payne. We need some DBs to help out the front seven to take some pressure off of them. So I would like to see Washington head to that direction, but I would love to see them get Darnell Washington because I just think he's a physical stud. Well, I'm with you. I think Darnell Wright, uh, or, or no, Darnell Wright. I'm sorry, I was thinking about Darnell uh, Wright. Darnell, Dar- 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 but Jordan, I would love Darnell yeah. Wright too. You can't go wrong with either one. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also uh, Washington, uh, I think Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah, has a chance, a chance to be really good. Both guys who I think will be a great fit in Washington. Uh, again, I'm a big Darnell Wright guy. Forget the fact I'm a Tennessee fan. The guy is, you know, to use another word, we were having our discussion about social issues. The man is nasty. Okay, like he, he, he loves he loves the the battles up front. He had a big he he, he beat. Will Anderson one one when they when they played Tennessee uh, and Will Anderson is probably going to be the second or third pick in this draft. So shows how good he is. Uh, Parnell Saint Pru, thank you for coming on the show. You can find thank the Commanders you. Man podcast on the Grid Network, and he will be joining our draft show in basically a half hour. So looking forward to having you on. Uh, welcome to Carving Up for the first time. We'll definitely need to do it again. Absolutely, we'll do, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was Parnell from the Commander's Demand Podcast. Great stuff, as always. Uh, like I said, it, com- commanders, the Commander's uh, strategy coming in this draft is going to be very fascinating. Given the fact that I think he makes a good point, and I'm not one to use the advocates tanking, but for a player of Caleb Williams or Drake May's caliber, either of them, strongly consider it. Especially when you consider Washington plays in maybe the toughest division in the league. Philadelphia is just coming off a three-point loss in the Super Bowl. I think Dallas, I, I'm actually kind of high on Dallas this year, so which you know might shock some people, but I, I am actually I do like the Cowboys a lot this year, way more than I did last season. I would never bought into them for a second last year. The Giants, I'm kind of iffy on the Giants. I think them giving Daniel Jones basically Dak Prescott money is crazy. Crazy. Like 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 uh, CeeLo Green, crazy. It's crazy. But you got Darren Waller, bring Saquon Barkley back. We all understand that uh, coaching staff is fantastic. Defense is underrated. I like the Giants. Maybe not as much as I like them uh, as, as I like their chance at the playoffs last year, but they'll be they'll be plenty fine. 
Uh, let's see. We got a few comments here. Grady asked, do you think that Eric Bieniemy will get a shot if they move off of Ron Rivera? Listen, I hope so. I had never even thought about Bieniemy being the replacement, but that would be perfect. A guy from the Andy Reid tree with a young, talented quarterback, that's a match made in heaven. So I think, I mean, look at, he, he mentioned um, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy had a young coach or a young quarterback in Chicago, Mitch Trubisky. You know, kind of a limited quarterback, I think it's fair to say. Got to the playoffs with him twice. It's the Andy Reid coaching tree. They can, they can, they can work wonders. And obviously, Andy Reid can do that. Uh, let's see. Patrick Brown says, "I believe Washington will franchise tag Montez Sweat and let Chase Young walk." In my humble opinion, Chase has to deliver. If not, he'll be getting paid by another team. What Chase Young has to prove is not just his production, Patrick, but he's got to stay healthy. He was fantastic his rookie year. Struggled with injuries, actually, I think tore his ACL in week one, if I'm not mistaken, in 2021. Got hurt last year, dealt with a plethora of injuries. He's got to stay on the field this year. This is his, there you go, it's his fourth season of the league. So he's a free agent next next uh, next spring. So he's, he's, he's got to deliver. Let's see. Got a few. Oh, <laughs> uh, Grady says, do you like them? Talking about the Cowboys. Enough to go back to your ex-girlfriend, Bryson? Nah, nah, we done. We done. Broke up a few two and a half years ago. Tried to make it. Tried to make it work again. Tried to rekindle that old flame, if you will. It's out. It, it got blown out a couple of years ago. Patrick asks, "Is this the night you pick an NFL team?" On second thought, Patrick, it probably should have been, but no. Next couple of weeks, next two three weeks, I promise you, I will. Ha- I will make my decision again. I'm down to San Francisco and Pittsburgh. I'm down to those two, or whoever Hinton Hooker goes to, which could be decided tonight. I'm, maybe I could choose a team tonight, Patrick. Now that I think about it, Grady, Jerry Jones is calling you, Bryson. It's up to you whether you'll respond to his pickup lines. It's like I always use the old line. Uh, what was Jerry Jones say? Uh, uh, I'd like, uh, hey, Bryson, uh, how'd you like to be a Dallas Cowboy? I've always thought about what's it like to be on the end of the line if you're a draft prospect <laughs> with Jerry Jones. That's like one part of me is like excited out of my mind, and the other part is terrified. I don't like, I don't know what to think. He's the ultimate salesman. You can never say that about Jerry Jones. I've been critical of him. He's the ultimate salesman. And John John says, Houston Texans, uh, no. No, I'm not choosing the Houston Texans. Because Bryce isn't going second. Not Bryce. Um, Hendon Hooker is not going second overall. Although I think he probably should. And John John says, health is everything. Indeed it is. Not just in sports, but in life. Health is wealth, as they say. That is all the time we have for today's show. A little shorter today. Again, I know about the Lamar Jackson news. Parnell touched on it. We're going to talk all about that tomorrow, as well as some other NFL draft stuff. But be sure to catch Carving It Up Live tomorrow, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific Time, Twitter and YouTube. Be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. Helps the channel grow exponentially. And be sure to go subscribe to The Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, The Grid Podcast Network. Very, very exciting. Parnell, obviously, is a part of it. Great stuff. The Commander's Demand Podcast. You can check it out in the grid, as well as the shows of many other incredible content creators. Usually, I read the list off, but I'm not going to tonight. You know why? Because you're going to see them in about a half hour on the Grid 2023 NFL Draft Live Reaction Show. If you're watching on the grid, uh, this uh, this live right now, if you're watching on the grid, just stay where you're at. Hey, sit tight. Want to go grab a bite tea? Do what you got to do. All right? Next half hour. Come back, and it's going to be fun. The Grid 2023. Blah, blah, blah. 
The Grid 2023 NFL Draft Live Reaction Show kicks off in less than half an hour right here on the Grid Network's YouTube channel, and then it'll be on the Grid's Twitter account. So check it out. Tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. Tell everybody about it because it's going to be a blast. We're going to do all first-round coverage, all the picks, all 31 uh, young men whose lives will be changed tonight. So, so excited about it. So definitely stay here on the grid. Be sure to check it out. The Grid 2023 NFL Draft Live Reaction Show. Have a great evening, everybody. Please continue to stay safe out there. Please be sure to take care of your physical as well as your mental health. And certainly call your local state representatives and senators to demand change for gun violence in any way, shape, or form that you can. God bless you all. Peace out. And uh, see y'all in a half hour. Peace out. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over the limit by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.